It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a little different. You know, you know, I talked this morning about the fact that he's played late-season games, and it's a lot different when the season starts. So he's going to see big boy hockey tonight. And you know, a couple things he and I talked about today were, you know, what can happen to a guy who has been such a skilled player and been such an effective player his whole career, you're asking him to change their game. And that doesn't mean you're trying to take away anything from their game. You want them to be the player they are, but you're trying to add to their game. And that's the message we sent them this morning. Like, no one's trying to change you as a player. We're just trying to, the game is going to demand you to be a more well-rounded player like it is every skilled young player. I mean, and skating and checking are non-negotiable at this level. I mean, if you're going to be a successful player, uh, with that type of skill and that size, you've got to skate consistently and you've got to make sure you're physical in the way you can be effective physically. I'm not asking him to go into a corner and plaster Peter Angel the, the boards and win that battle over and over again, but at that size, there are certain ways to be physical. You know, you got to have anticipation, you got to have a good stick, play through people's hands and beat them off walls. That's being physical, right? Whereas if you're 6'4", 220, you're physical in a different manner. Right, so, and that's a couple things we talked about this morning. All right, what's happening, everyone? That is David Quinn from earlier today talking to the media and looking at Thomas Bordalo and what he's going to have asked of him in this early part of the Sharks' regular season. Logan Couture suffered a setback. He's going to be out for a little bit. Uh, LeBanc is going to be one of the forwards that is out tonight, and we will see the Sharks with a very big test Right from the get-go, taking on the defending champions, the Vegas Golden Knights, who are coming off a 4-1 win over Seattle on Tuesday night. To get a little bit more on everything that's happening with the Golden Knights, we are now joined by Dan Duva, the radio play-by-play voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, He is in town for the Sharks' home opener, but of course, uh, Dan, you guys in the Knights got it kick-started the other night. Uh, A, first, how's it going? Good start to your season? Yeah, I mean, it, it has been a whirlwind. It, it's almost like the end of last season never occurred. <laughs> Just dive right into the next one with uh, the seven training camp games and then the first regular season game as part of a triple header. It was a long day at the arena with the gold carpet and the delayed start time for national TV and the banner raising ceremony, but all good problems to have if you're the Golden Knights. And they weathered, you know, those distractions, quote unquote, with a win, scored the first couple of goals, pulled away, made it 4-1 to one as a final score. So it was a good day all around for the Golden Knights to kick off their title defense. Now, let's be honest here. We're both sports fans. Were you or were you not at least trying to pay attention to your phone to see what Connor Bedard was doing uh, in his game? Well, I know that it was leading up to a very momentous uh, evening for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that Connor is the focus because – rather than putting ESPN's number one broadcast crew in Vegas with the defending champions and the banner and the cup, they had him there, which is uh, understandable. Prime time, of course, for Crosby and Bedard. It's really neat. And 
yeah, we had some time because of the delayed start in Vegas, got to watch a good chunk of that uh, Pittsburgh Chicago game. And uh, it's fun, you know, just for hockey to make connection with another generation of people. You talk to people who have kids of a certain age, they, they, aren't asking about Ovechkin and Crosby. They're not even asking about McDavid. Now they're asking about Bedard, mm-hmm. which is pretty neat. He's, he's played two games. And so, yes, did make a point. We've got a large TV in the, the broadcast booth. So rather than uh, watching uh, the the fans filter into their seats for the ceremony, uh, a lot of eyes in the radio booth were on the television for what was happening between Chicago and Pittsburgh. That's for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's uh... – well, I, the, the one thing I'll point out is, though, that whenever you get those delays before uh, between starts, that doesn't always mean that you broadcasters get to just hang out. <laughs> sometimes right. sometimes there is a lot of stuff going on that people don't get to see. So I wasn't I wasn't sure. Um, let's we multitask. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, but let's look back at that first game of the year. And I know like this is the thing that it's like when you come out of a deep postseason run, the hockey that you have been seeing arguably is hockey at its highest level. When you get to a Stanley cup final, regardless of how many games it takes, you are seeing, you know, hockey as well as it can be played. I I know that's relatively hyperbolic, but I believe it. And then you come right back to the preseason and it's like, well, this is not what I was last watching, but then, you know, night one, Vegas looked pretty good. And Aiden Hill looked like postseason Aiden Hill. So do you have to make sure you don't get overwhelmed or are you just kind of like, Hey, that looked like what worked one year ago. You make a couple of great points. Number one, there's not too much more to say on Hill. He was postseason form. He was excellent. And even before some of his more impressive saves late in the game, I think he was the number one star in the books about halfway through the game. So that it, it's simple as that. He just looked like he had left off from last year. You kind of throw out the preseason. I remember once in the preseason, he tried to make sort of a, a whirl around pad stack save and then missed the puck with his glove. And it's like, he, I'm not sure you want to be doing that in the regular season with the quite the same, but he was just having fun and you're like, Oh boy. But you know, like he was just as solid as could be impressive uh, structurally. And when he had to make the flashy kick saves too. So that's number one on Hill as it relates to the rest of the group. And I kind of liken it to, say a rock and roll band on tour and when the tour is kind of winding down if they're trying to record new material i know the rolling stones have talked about this like you're at your best like the band is really in sync because you've been playing together night after night so the recordings in the studio turn out to be some of the best Mm -hmm. and i think that there's there's really something to that where the night's regulars as a group only played the last couple of preseason games and uh, which you know is understandable and especially the top line, Barbashev, Eichel, and Marcia, so which was a relatively late creation by Bruce Cassidy. Of course, Barbashev had been acquired at the deadline, played 23 regular season games, and then 22 in the playoffs. But it's not as though those three played together for that entire time. Quite the opposite. It was only later on, and it worked so well. Marcia so wins the con Smythe. Eichel leads the playoffs in points, and Barbashev gets himself a new five-year contract. So mm-hmm. they each scored a goal in the first game. Uh, Barbashev's got the stretch pass from McNabb. Marcia so aggressive forecheck tips in a pass that goes into the net and then Eichel the empty netter to finish it off. And I asked Marcia so about it earlier. What makes this group work? You know, why do you click? And he, of course, 
compares everything to what he, Riley Smith, and William Carlson had, and it worked really well for a long time. <laughs> but this could be even better in terms of their production. And they said, yeah, you know, there's chemistry. We're building that all the time. But, you know, from a X's and O's standpoint, he really likes their four-check routes, <laughs> right? You know, like that's, that's you know, a little thing that you might not always think about when you're watching highlights of hockey games, but four-check right. routes. Where do you go? Like using the boards, you know, Barbashev, of course, throws his weight around, but for Marcia so's size, he uses the wall. He, he could be quite physical along the board. So anyway, th- those kinds of things, I, I believe, have um, stayed connected, even with the 100-plus day time in between real games. Um, the rest of the group, there's still some things to sort out, but it's a good point. I think that there will be building of the game. Bruce Cassidy didn't love the way that they started the other day, but they found their game uh, as it went along, puck support and breakouts, those kinds of things. And as uh, as I mentioned, they, they already had the lead, but then they just kind of clamped down and the penalty kill was terrific and only gave up the one goal. Has anyone talked about the fact that since the Vegas Golden Knights inception, this is the first time they've truly had the target on their back? I mean, obviously year one, they make a uh, you know, run to the cup final and come up short, but still, I, I mean, everybody took notice and has been taking notice ever since, but now they are the team that everyone is trying to knock off the top of the hill. It's funny because there, there is that discussion and it's almost like the, the last couple of years, you know, the Knights missed the playoffs. And then even though they were, you know, they had been at first place at the all-star break that year, but then just treaded water missed the playoffs entirely. So then the following year, it was almost like people forgot <laughs> that the team had been in the final four, those uh, four times in, in five years. And then, so when you've got the defending champion, Colorado avalanche still in the conference, the Edmonton Oilers, your McDavid's dry sidles like that's in your division. So that is the, I'll call it the sexy pick mm-hmm. for analysts. I, I just remember watching the television broadcast, the national broadcasts um, the studio shows everybody you know picking teams going into the stanley cup playoffs and nobody talked about vegas i mean nobody like they weren't mentioned and uh so like then they win the stanley cup and i I feel like it's a little bit more of that it's almost as if people say okay edmonton got knocked out by colorado colorado won the cup edmonton got knocked out by vegas you know vegas uh wins the cup you know so now it's edmonton's turn i it may be um that (laughs) absolutely could happen but it's it's I feel like there has been a target on the franchise more in like the earlier years, not the first year because it was such a surprise, but the Kings sure as heck had a target on the Golden Knights, just asked Drew Doughty. And then in year two, when, of course, the Sharks knocked out the Knights in the first round, I think that that's when people were really trying to knock the Golden Knights down a peg because why would an expansion team have so much success? Now that they've been around for a few years, it's almost like they're just one of the other teams. They just happen to be defending cup champions now. Yeah, no, well said. Has Bruce Cassidy talked about watching out specifically for a team like the Sharks who have been, you know, everybody's been talking a lot of um, uh, not kind words about where the Sharks are right now. And to me, this, especially early in the season, this is where there can be that emotional charge from a team like the Sharks who are trying to prove all the naysayers wrong, which might be easier to do in game one than it is in game 54. Yeah, and the Sharks beat the Knights twice for the preseason, so <laughs> watch out for that. Uh, that you, you have a, a kind of recognition of a milestone, a, a, not a milestone, a, a measuring stick game. Um, you know, other teams, whether they're likely contenders or not, um, sure you want to beat the Golden Knights, they won the Cup, but 
to use it to figure out what's time, what type of a team are you? Are the Sharks? Are the Kraken? Are the Ducks the night's next opponent? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I thought it was interesting. Dave Haxtell actually said, no, we're not using this game against the Knights in the opener as a measuring stick. We know who we are. We think we're a playoff team and we've got to get back to the playoffs. So interesting how a, a contending team thinks about it that way. I, I'd be interested to hear, you know, how the, the Sharks are approaching it. But yeah, the Knights have the emotional drain, uh, the, the high of celebrating a banner raising. Then they went out and responded right away. Um, but, you know, is is there a sort of a slump, you know, an afterglow where, you know, kind of all the energy, all the focus was on that first game. Mm-hmm. Is there a letdown, that natural human nature letdown afterward? Because there's not going to be a banner raising today. There's not going to be the home crowd today. It's just another game. And obviously it's the Sharks debut. And I, I have no doubt that the players with San Jose have know where they are expected to be in the standings. So yeah, again, I mentioned the preseason games and uh, Kakata was great. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I'll give you the, the David Quinn line that he had this morning when they were asking him about the Sharks tough schedule. And I don't know if you've looked at the Sharks first eight game, but uh, it's all against some very good hockey teams, including Vegas. Um, But you know, they asked him, they said, you know, what do you think about this? And he said, Hey, if you're not, up for these games like this is what it's all about if you're not excited to take on the champs why are you here and i'm i'm paraphrasing but i think that's Mm -hmm. probably the right attitude it's like if you're the sharks who everybody has been very down on like yeah what better opportunity to prove yourself and i'm not trying to be the too much of a homer though you know you can figure out who who signs my checks but you know for the sharks (laughs) if they do you know have a good showing tonight you know it's going to be tough to beat the knights i'm not denying that but even if they have a do, do have a good showing, I'm sure for them, that's, you know, be like, hey, you know, we're not just going to be a, a lie down team just because everyone says that we're not very good. Sure. And no doubt the uh, the rivalry feelings continue among the fans, even if some of the players are, and, and staff are not still part of the Knights Sharks rivalry, you know, that the Sharks fans are going to want to beat the Golden Knights. And then you think about how, um, you know, like just the the nature of, motivation for coaches you know what dave haxtell has to say he knows what's going to get his team going or not maybe (laughs) but you know david quinn's got a pulse on what he thinks is going to get his guys going and there are so many younger players who are new to not only this rivalry but also to the league and you know they uh they you don't need to explain the stanley cup to anybody no matter how old or how experienced a hockey player you might be that team wanted over there if you want to win it you got to find a way to knock them off so if he knows that that's the best way to motivate his players i have no doubt that that's an understandable point to make at this stage of the season for sure has there been much chatter about brett howden's suspension yeah no it's it's i wouldn't say much chatter it's it's too bad because brett had such a great run uh in the playoffs last year and an impressive camp and he's getting to play with stevenson and stone when you watch the clip i mean brett there was no ill intent. He's yeah. looking for the puck and it just, that's hockey. And it really unfortunate. I mean, his head gets Tanev, excuse me, his shoulder gets Tanev right in the head. And, you know, of course the concern is for Tanev that whatever the suspension was going to be, Howden does not have any kind of history in this regard. So uh, two games, we, we thought we were guessing two or three somewhere in that neighborhood. Unfortunate. Uh, Brett, you know, did travel, but obviously he's not going to play. But so in other words, he's still able to be on the ice and, you know, kind of get ready for when that suspension is lifted. So we'll get to play, um, when the Knights are back at home, they play the Ducks on Saturday and then they're home against the Dallas Stars on Tuesday. So he'll be back for that game. And, uh, you know, he made a terrific pass to set up 
the first goal scored by Chandler Stevenson. So it's, it's a, it's an unfortunate thing, especially for Tanev, but we hope that he's okay. But, um, and obviously for, for Brett too, but you got an opportunity for other guys to get in. Pavel Dorofiev gets a crack to play with Carlson and Amadio today. And then Jonas Ronbjerg up from the American league on the fourth line because Will Carrier suffered an injury the other day too. So mm-hmm. you've got two forwards into the lineup that did not play in the opener. And then you've got the two regular defensemen, Martinez and White Cloud, who are on injured reserve. So that's four out of the 18 skaters that you would have expected in the Knights lineup who will not be in the lineup today. I think it's always interesting, and we got to see it up close and personal in the Bay Area when the Giants won three in five years and the Warriors with all the championships they've won. I, I do think there is an adjustment to the hoopla. and I mean, there is more media attention, especially in those first couple of weeks when you're the championship team coming into a new season. And that's, you know, it's interesting to me to watch how Vegas will handle that um, just because it's, this is their first time. Yeah. And a lot of the players have been through it. Martinez has won it a few times, Petrangelo and Barbashev, of course, in St. Louis and Knights have been on long playoff runs. So you got a chunk of players who have been through it, but you're right. There does seem to be something different about, actually winning the thing <laughs> and then the attention right <laughs> yeah the attention that follows and you know gary bettman was a guest on our radio broadcast the other day and you know as we began the interview in the first intermission he's, he said I, I feel like i was just here I mean, there have been so many things you know god bless uh, you know everything that's happened in vegas but from the the start and the, the horrible tragedy october 1 2017 and you know right through that cup final they had an all-star game outdoor game you know they're going to be playing outdoors again this year and a lot of playoff series. So, you know, you know, if the commissioner is in the building uh, that that's where the NHL's focus is. And so uh, I could count the number of times I interviewed Gary Bettman on our broadcast as an indicator for the spotlights that have been on the Golden Knights. That's been quite a bit. So, you know, Bruce Cassidy is trying to figure it out. I mean, he's been a Stanley Cup finalist before, but never a champion before. Mm -hmm. Um, Second oldest head coach to win his first cup so that will be an interesting thing. And he says, you know, like right now it's, you know, it, it, he doesn't see it as a concern, you know, over time. Uh, is there a lag, you know, a team that has won, you know, do they sag human nature? You know, he talked about the banner going up, you know, what does it mean to you? And he said, well, you know, it's special to see it and great design and, you know, sort of closing that chapter. But he thinks it's going to be more meaningful to look up into the rafters at T-Mobile Arena six weeks from now, a few months from now, when maybe things aren't going great for the Knights. And as a reminder, it's all about the grind. What's the grind get you? That thing up there in the rafters. So that's how he's seeing it. And we'll see if that is something that he pulls out of his knapsack later on in the season. Or, you know, who knows, maybe sooner. Vegas got off to a great start last regular season. Uh, they had one win and one game this year, but that's not a guarantee of anything over the next couple of weeks. So who knows when I'll have to pull on that lever as a motivating tactic. But for right now, um, you know, the, the team looks like it's uh, continuing from what it did last year because of the number of returning players. And only time will tell how they weather uh, that, you know, uh, spotlight on them over the course of the season as they, they try to repeat. But they have tried to close the book um, as much as they realistically can. Dan, always a pleasure. I know you've got stuff to do, so I will let you go, but I'll see you tonight at the tank, and we'll talk soon, all right? Great. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. Again, that is Dan Duva, the radio play-by-play voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. We are just about out of time. 7 o'clock pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network. 7.30 start time as we kick off the 2023-2024 season. I'm stoked. You're stoked. 
Sharks hockey is finally back. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.